Welcome to This Week in Windy City. Today we'll be taking a deep dive into the Windy City Thunderbolts over the last seven days. High deep drive out to left. Axel Johnson turns and runs. And he watches that one go. Bolts have the lead right back in the top of the ninth. And we'll get you prepped for the upcoming seven-day stretch with your hosts, Alexa Harley. Any analysis on that? I, I couldn't see it that well, but, you know, it was caught. And Andrew Mild. I was always a dill pickle guy, and some people give me some disgusted looks when I tell them that. They don't really care for the dill pickle. I don't understand why. This is This Week in Windy City. Welcome back, Thunderbolts fans. I'm Alexa Harley alongside Andrew Mild for this week in Windy City, the fourth episode. We're going to talk about all things Thunderbolts that happened during this week. And I, we should start off on a positive note. Let's start positive. Let's keep good thoughts, good vibes. Let's start with Logan Wiley's two starts that he had this week. Both uh, were stellar, to say the least. I think that's the best word to put on it. He had a complete game in Joliet. And went eight deep yesterday. Andrew, how do you, give me your thoughts. Uh, I'm going to try and keep, keep it real. Uh, Logan Riley was phenomenal. He was the best pitcher of the week, no doubt in my mind. He was getting outs, and the start on Tuesday was probably the biggest outing he had, not just for him as a professional, his first complete game as a pro, but he put the Bolts in a really good position the next day in the doubleheader where the Brian had to go deep into his bullpen. So, he let Logan go out there and compete, and that's what he does. He threw 120 pitches, and if it wasn't for him, the Bolts may have not uh, didn't done so well pitching for the rest of the week. And then Sunday, the Bolts lost two straight games, so another good pick-me-up for Logan Wiley to go out there and shut down one of the best offenses we've seen in the Frontier League this year and the best offense in the Central Division, the, the Boomers that lead our division. And he made hitters look silly all week, and he's a – inning eater he's a workhorse and he's got the second best era if he were to qualify if he had enough innings and four straight wins which is tied for second longest in the frontier league this year and the longest active right now yeah we mentioned it before we started the episode about how this morning you and i were both checking twitter and point streak looking for who was going to get the title of pitcher of the week and i mean it goes without saying that we were both very disappointed that it was not logan wiley it doesn't take away anything from uh The gateway pitcher, yeah, Matt, who did get pitcher of the week. It's just – it kind of stings a little bit after a complete game and then, I mean, almost a complete game yesterday. I personally thought he may have had two back-to-back complete games the way he was pitching yesterday. So it kind of – it's just – it kind of irks a little bit that you have those two great performances and you don't really have a title to show for it. I mean, I know these guys don't care about titles, but it does – it does give you a little bit of morale boost, especially for a team – I mean, not just for Logan, but for the team itself to have pitcher of the week in their repertoire. Well, well, Logan Wiley, he pitched a great game yesterday, as you said. And after the game, he doesn't want to talk about himself. He talks about his outfield and his mm-hmm. defense behind him. So he's a humble guy, but we're going to do the bragging for him here on this on this podcast today. It's pitcher of the week, not the start of the week. Matt Mulhern had the best start of the week, arguably, with Logan Wiley's complete game. I mean, seven innings, no runs, two hits, one walk, three Ks against Lake Erie against an offense that's been very inconsistent while Logan Wiley shut down the boomers for just three hits yesterday. 
And if it wasn't for his pitching performance, the Bolts may have gotten swept by the Boomers in 11 games out of first place. So he kept the Bolts in the race for the Central Division. And for him not to receive an award is nothing short of highway robbery. It's it's ridiculous. And I don't want to sound like Stephen Smith on uh, uh, whatever first take in the morning, but that's how I feel. I'm I got a little fire in me and I'm not happy about it. Logan <laughs> hey, geez, Wiley. Andrew, tell us how you really feel. Jeez. Yeah, I know. I know. Logan Wiley. Uh, I, I don't know if he listens to these, but you deserve pitcher of the week. You <laughs> did. You had the, the best two games of the week. You did everything you could for the team. You put the team on your back and got them two great quality wins against Juliet and Schaumburg. And he's just been great ever since he joined the Thunderbolts. And I'm waiting to, for his next start to see if uh, the bearded bender can get a revenge and try to get that picture of the week. Now, were you surprised when Logan did not come out for the ninth inning yesterday? No, I don't. I, I really wasn't. He was, he pitched 107 pitches up to that point. Then you had two guys coming up in lefties with Chase Dawson, who's been mm-hmm. arguably the hitter of the year for the Boomers, yeah. the left-handed hitter. and then If you not the best Malazzo. hitter in the Central Division, probably. Oh, he is. He is. He's all yeah. the numbers to show for it. But Brett yeah. Malazzo was coming up to lead off the inning, and he was already two for three against Wiley, the yeah. only Boomer that was hitting with him. I mean, again, three hits, and he had two of them in back-to-back at-bats against him. So I think Brian made the right move going to Cal Jaroskovich against two lefties, and it was a little more dramatic than what – we thought it was going to be, but uh, Chase Dawson just had a ball at the end of the bat that landed in for a hit. If, if yeah. Bryn Martinez uh, got a good jump on that ball, he would have made the catch and it would have been two outs, and I don't think it should have been as drama-filled, but it was the right move. And you got to remember that Wiley threw 120 pitches on Tuesday. Yeah. So throwing 227 pitches in the last two starts, I think he did what he could with everything he had, but after eight, he was done. I spoke with manager Brian Smith ahead of Logan Riley's start and basically asked him kind of what you just uh, mentioned is that he had 120 pitches earlier in the week. You know, he's had days off. He's been able to recover, but you know, how cautious do you have to be? I mean, you don't want to you know, blow your arm out, but you also don't want to pull him too early. And his basic answer was that Logan and Brian have a pretty good relationship on how Logan feels. He, he trusts him putting him out there and he knows that when he's not good, that Logan will tell him. So there was a lot of one confidence in his pitching ability, the confidence in the relationship, which I think was very evident and on display yesterday. And again, if you threw 100, 227 pitches and yeah, I think Logan could have went, but how much are you asking from one person yeah. in the last two starts for a guy that could make the, make affiliate team if he keeps pitching the way he is. And for him not to win pitcher of the week, I think that that, that hurts him in the long run because now, if you're not looking at the Frontier League numbers or diving deep into them, you're not going to find Logan Wiley because he hasn't had enough innings to qualify. Yeah. With a 2.26 ERA, he can eat innings for any affiliated team and get a lot of ground balls, fly outs, and go deep in the games. That's what teams are looking for. And, yeah, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just irritated. I'm sorry. It's just well, <laughs> it's a lot, and, and I hate for someone that did everything he could to get his team to win not to be recognized for it. I know it, it is, it is upsetting, but let's, let's switch gears to another positive note from yesterday's game. The outfield defense, you got the three R's all the way across with Houston, Richards, Robinson, all three of them making diving catches yesterday. And I asked Logan in the post-game interview, you know, not just one, but all three of them put their bodies on full display, you know, tonight catching all of those balls, you know, when you turn around, 
and you see them running, you know, what are you thinking? And he was like, I'm walking off the field. So he's, he's got full confidence in those guys. And I mean, it was evident yesterday. I mean, all three of them had diving, sliding, jumping, catches, however you want to describe it. Yeah, it was a great display of defense. I loved what I watched. And you're right. If your defense plays like that, your pitchers have more confidence to attack the strike zone and be like, hey, even if I miss and a guy hits a liner somewhere, I have confidence that Rakusen, Richards, or Robinson are going to be there to make a phenomenal catch. Mm-hmm. And those guys made three great plays that kept Logan Wiley in the game. And if they can continue to do that all year long, that's going to help with their confidence and with their hitting. And Rakusen, Robinson, and Richards have really – had some great games here and there and have gone on some hot stretches and Jairus Richard, not just with the glove, but hit the big triple yesterday and had the big home run on Saturday. Uh, And then he's a stealing base machine. And all three of those guys in the outfield don't just offer good quality gloves. They offer great veteran at bats. They, They get on base and they're good veteran leaders also. And Richards obviously gets on base and he's a stealing base machine, 29 on the year one first in the frontier league. And yeah, it's, it was a fun watch yesterday. And those are three great guys that Brian's able to pick up and place in the outfield. Now let's talk about kind of bigger picture here. We've seen now two full months of Thunderbolts baseball, June, not great. Uh, You know, there was a lot of defensive errors. There were a lot of one, I mean, two pitchers got picked up right away. Miller and Belair were gone. You had some untimely injuries. You had, a lot of pieces that were just not fitting together. Then you flip to July and, you know, the puzzle started to kind of be put together, went from eight and 18 to 12 and 16. It's a pretty, pretty big difference if you ask me. And, and I asked manager Brian Smith, and I think we got kind of all agreed what the biggest change was. And it wasn't really hitting because they kept their runs per game average around four for both months, but it was the pitching. The pitching really settled in. They have new starters. They bumped Logan Wiley up to a starter. Paxton went to the bullpen. They added players like Ryan Hare, Stetson Woods on a scoreless inning streak. A lot of pieces starting to fall together. Tell me what else do you think really changed from June to July? I think it's the big change is settling back in after being removed from baseball for two years. Some of these guys didn't get to play in 2020 and, you know, they're, they're finding their timing. And you said the feeling errors. I feel like that's a part of it because you can take ground balls all of 2020, but it's going to be a lot different when a guy gets a hanging changeup and blisters it to you yeah. on the left side, especially at the hot corner. And again, some guys really found their timing at the plate. For example, I think the person who had one of the best Julys was Jack Strunz, who Agreed. Yeah. couldn't really hit at the beginning of the year, but he's really found a lot of barrels and getting a lot of base hits. And then you're adding some good quality players coming out of college. Hunter Wells, who was really good at Louisiana Tech. Then you had P. Rob, who's been reaching base here and there. And I think nine straight games or of nine inning games where he's reached base. I think the only time he didn't were the double headers against Juliet. Rob yeah. Weishire was really good. And you can't forget about adding the lefty Cal Taraskovich who is a good left-handed pitcher that the Bolts needed coming out of the bullpen. And he shut down the game yesterday against Schaumburg. So I think bringing in the new guys and for the veterans to teach them and coach them up and uh, settling back in after being removed from baseball for so long. And if you're looking at the standings, which I mean, we do every day when we come into work, Schaumburg's been at first for a while, Lake Erie in second, five games out of first place. And then there's Windy City, nine games out of first place. 
you're in August now. You got a month and a half of baseball left. Nine games back is like obviously not where you want to be. Not that you're out of it, but it's going to be very hard to climb your way back up, especially when you're only playing Schaumburg one more time. And that is this upcoming weekend. This is the last time you're playing them. So it's very, you know, eminent that you sweep them, obviously. And that goes without saying. You play Lake Erie again later in the season. Again, very important that you take all three of those games. But if you're just looking at the records against those two teams, I mean, it doesn't really speak in the Bolts' favor. They've only taken one game from the Crushers. They swept the Boomers in Schaumburg, but they dropped two this weekend. So there's just, you want to see good baseball. You want to see them play really well. You don't want to see them give up, obviously. But, you know, there is a point where you're like, how do we get to first place? What kind of scenario puts us there? Because we're only playing those two teams one more, you know, for one more series. So what, what gets the Thunderbolts to first place? What gets them in the first place? I think it's finding consistency with the offense. And that's been the story of the beginning of the year because we saw this week the Bolts scored nine runs against Joliet on Thursday and were able to get one run on Saturday against Schaumburg. So mm-hmm. being able to find good approaches against some good pitchers is important right now, and that's – Sweeping Schaumburg this weekend is huge. And I don't think the record for the Bolts represents and how well they played this year. And the reason why they haven't been able to stay consistent offensively is they keep running into some of the best teams the French League has to offer. Schaumburg and Lake Erie have some of the best pitching staffs. Schaumburg had the best ERA in the entire month of July. And then the Bolts had to play Southern Illinois twice this month. They had to play Florence and Evansville. It's, it's not – it was a test over and over and over again. There was never a time where they could pull it back a grade. And that's what yeah. they had to do against Juliet. And they, they played phenomenal against them, taking three games out of the four. So I think staying on your A game and finding that consistency is going to be huge. And they – at this point, it feels like they have to win every game this month. You have to sound like a football fan, but strength of schedule should really be factored in with some of the standings here. You know what I mean, you know? Like you just said, they were playing teams that are above 500 almost consistently for the month of July and having a better record than they did in June. That being said, let's, you know, hypothetically put in in a factor here. Thunderbolts take all three against the Boomers this weekend. That would put them only six games back with about a month left of baseball. It's a totally different spot than being nine games back with a month of base or nine games now with a month and a half to go. So in, in by no means is the race for first place over. But if you want to get to first place, I mean, a game has to start tomorrow against Evansville and they're running into the team with exactly the best record in the frontier league with the otters who just came off a sweep of the Florence y'alls and yeah. Schomburg luckily is also going down the Florence a team that has been really good and they just lost first place to Evansville so you know that they're uh, they want to get revenge they want to take it out on someone they didn't play all that great this weekend against Lake Erie they lost yesterday 12 to 4 so you're right. And I think that it starts tomorrow. It starts with first pitch against Evansville, trying to beat them at home and then taking momentum out to Schaumburg and beating them there. They already swept the boomers there. So they're confident. And Peyton Isaacson, who hit there very well the last time, he hit that two run homer. He driven five runs through three games. So getting PI back in the lineup is going to be huge. And that's the lefty power that the Bolts have been needing since he went down a couple of weeks ago and I Nicola Vasi should be coming back anytime soon. He offers a good uh, contact and he can play anywhere in the field. Mm-hmm. 
and you don't want to play too much with the hypothetical game, but because you don't want to think too far ahead. So I think it's going to start with every AB. They start focusing in on the small things and making sure that they get hits with runners in scoring position. Yeah, we've been saying that all year. <laughs> I feel like beating a dead horse is that one, don't you? Yeah. But Evansville's coming in to, you know, Ozinga Field on a seven-game win streak. How great would it be to make that a one-game loss streak, you know, in the first day? I mean, because they're going to come in hot and heavy, guns ablazing, you know, with a, a lot of, you know, ego on their back. One, because they got the best record. But two, they're on a seven-game win streak. I mean, you've already taken two from the Thunderbolts already. So they're going to come in maybe a little cocky, let's say. There's well, a lot you can do with when some, when another team's got a cocky attitude, you know. Well, the last, the time, best of you. last time a team came in with a, a six-game winning streak, they were the Southern Illinois Miners, and they exactly. lost two games in a row to the Thunderbolts before they got sent packing. And then the Bolts should have beat them last week. It's just a couple of bad innings. The Bolts can beat good teams. And uh, we had mentioned strength of schedule. You're right. There was – 38 straight games where they played teams above 500. And it yep. was like, when does it end? When does it ever end that they don't get to yeah. play a, a team that's above 500? Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm confident with Asua and Thornton on the mound. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thornton didn't have his best stuff against Schaumburg, and, but he's really good at bouncing back. That's the best thing yeah. about him. And Asua's been brilliant the last couple of starts. And I'm ready to see them go and get Bolts two wins against Evansville, win that series. And then let's go beat the boomers again. Let's not stop short at two. Let's go for all three, Andrew. You know, the yeah. sky's the limit. Jeez. Yeah, the sky is the limit. Let's go for a perfect week. What about that? Exactly. I think that that should be the well, maybe not the goal. Let's not let's not make our goals too high, but let's also let's set a high goal, you know, just to reach it. Let's just let's just have Schomburg go get beat up by Florence and then get beat up by the Bolts over the weekend. The Bolts beat up on Evansville, beat up on the boomers, and then let's get three games out of first place. Why not? Yeah, see, see, look at that hypothetical right there. That's the a great one. I like it. Glass always half full, so. That is always true. Or half empty, depending on what kind of person you are. We always have to stay positive in this game. Uh, oh, yeah, stay positive. Uh, we're talking to, uh, unfortunately, it was Danny Zardone before he got traded. He said, well, he goes, as a hitter, you're going to fail more times than not. And he said, but when you succeed, that's some, that's the fun part. That's where you uh, – that's where you live because that you just want to keep succeeding. And that's what the bolts need to stay positive and to succeed this week. Well, the bolts will be looking for success this week as they host Evansville for their three game series. They were previously here for the back-to-back splash days that we got to enjoy. Seems like, seems like it was just yesterday, but it was actually about two weeks ago that splash days happened, which is kind of crazy. But first game is tomorrow at seven Oh five at Ozinga field. Final words from Andrew. Final words. Uh, you really put me on a tough spot here. Uh, Logan Wiley should have won Pitcher of the Week. Uh, <laughs> I'll that note hard. Uh, but I, I think that with the win yesterday, that's going to give the Bolts some confidence. And then you saw some great plays, not just from the outfield, but Bryn Martinez made some great plays, Jack Strunz. So the defense is starting to clean up and hopefully making some great plays in the field leads to more confidence at the plate. And the Bolts can score runs early and often and go for a sweep against the best team in the Frontier League. Well, couldn't have said it better myself, Andrew. Tomorrow is the first game for the Thunderbolts against the Evansville Otters. Connor and Andrew will be on the call. I will be all over the field, you know, third base, first base dugout, maybe concession stand everywhere. I'll be broadcasting from anywhere I can all day tomorrow. 
For Andrew Mild, I'm Alexa Harley, and this has been the fourth episode of A Week in Windy City.